So can we just, we operate in a culture of honor here at Dominion Church. So can we stand and give honor where honor is due to Pastor Jessica Hatcher. in the Lord and I'm just thankful for being here and I throughout my walk with the Lord I believe in divine appointment time and time and again when I'm praying and God shows up and shows me a note and tells me you were meant to be here so I know that those that are here were meant to be here tonight I never believe in just chance or coincidence I know it's of the Lord so I'm just thankful for that tonight um, as we look at the scripture, we're going to look at being transformed in his image. So that's the title for tonight. And my prayer is that the glory of God is known and we know how much we're being transformed even more in him. So, you know, throughout my walk, I've always talked to Jesus from a young girl, always been in church. My parents made sure on Sundays we went to church no matter what. Um, even when I didn't want to get up in the mornings and my dad would, would baby us, baby, get up, time to go to church, time to go to church. My mama knew how to get us up. Jason, get up right now, you know. So I'm thankful for that. And so throughout my walk, you know, being saved and, and, and being on the, just the mountaintops with Jesus and feeling his presence, there were still times in a period in my life where I was questioning things like with circumstances, like what is this Lord? What do I do with this? I don't understand how, how to move forward. I don't understand my purpose. I was going with the motions. And so tonight, I hope that if, if for anyone, you ever find yourself in a place where you're like, I'm not sure what to do. I'm in the motions. I'm spinning. I wasn't backing up from God. I wasn't going into the world, but I was just in a place where I was questioning things. Like, I don't know how to operate. I see the circumstance. I don't know what to do with it. And I just pray that tonight, you know, we get that revelation from Jesus as far as how to handle those situations. And so tonight, our scripture comes from 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. And we're going to, um, if we could stand and reverence the word of God as I read. Um, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, it says, But we all, with open face, beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. I just pray, Father, I pray, Father, that your word be known tonight. Father, I pray that it is you, Father, that speaks through me, Father, that you give the words to those that need it. You give us the guidance, Father. Father, and I just thank you for that glory, Father, that you give upon us, Father, that we bestow and walk on earth, Father, with your glory and your guidance. And I pray, Father, that we continue to walk in this spiritual growth, Father, and we're continuing to be transformed, Father, in your name, Father, so that you can use us, Father, in a mighty way, that every agenda that you have is used for your name, Father, in your name only, Father. I pray, Father. In your mighty name, amen. So in this scripture, and I want to look at the one I have, sorry. 
Um, the one I have is just a little different, so I'm just going to read it. It's very similar. If you'll leave that scripture up there, though, for us. It says, still 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, but we all with unveiled face. So I want to take a moment and talk about that for a moment. Paul in this scripture was speaking to the church. And there was a time um, in the Old Testament, Moses went, out on the, went up on the mount. And the glory of God shone so bright. God presented himself to Moses on this mountain. And when he came down from that mountain, the people who had been in sin, living in sin, could not bear to see the glory of God because they were separated by that sin. And so Moses had to wear a veil to cover this glory on his face so that the sinners could not see it because they were separated from God by their sin. But I want you to notice in this story, when in, in this verse where, Bob, where excuse me, Paul talks in the Bible, he says, but with but we all with unveiled face. That means the veil's been taken off. We no longer are separated from God. We no longer have to shun away or look from God. God shows us his glory. We see his glory when we ask Jesus Christ to save us and we ask him to forgive us of our sins because we know that Jesus came and died on the cross and he fulfilled that. He took away our sins. And we, we, we now not only can see the glory of God, but we hold it. We carry it. We're carriers of that glory of God. And it also says, beholding in a mirror the glory of God. We're in his image, walking on earth. And we're transformed. That transformation is a progression from one progress to the next where we're continuing to grow spiritually. We never can say, oh, we're fully arrived. We're never fully there. There's always a progression. And that's by the Holy Spirit. So what does it look like to be transformed? Well, I've kind of already mentioned you're operating on earth in, with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of Jesus, serving Jesus. And so remember I was talking about times when I questioned like, well, here's this circumstance. I'm not sure what to do with it. You know, I knew I wasn't separated from God. I knew I was carrying the glory of God. But circumstance to circumstance, and I was going motion and motion, and days were turning into weeks, and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. I know that not only Jesus was sent to the earth to fulfill the promise of taking away our sins, but Jesus walked on the earth for 30-something years. And during that 30-something years, he operated in a way that could be the best teaching for us, we as students. You know, with the art of pedagogy, and that's the art of teaching, 
Teacher modeling demonstration is even now the best research-based strategy out there. Teacher modeling. God sent us a teacher on earth to live on earth for 30-something years. So there were my answers to go to the Gospels. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see when there's circumstances, well, what did Jesus do? How did he perform? How did he react? And there we find the answers of how we too are to walk on earth. And we get that by the guidance of God. We can't do that alone. So in in the Gospels of the Bible, you see so much. You see the meekness of Jesus when he was being under attack. When he knew he was going to be tortured and put to death and when he knew there were trials and battles, just like you talk about trials that we had this week in our lives alone, there was still this meekness from Jesus. You also see time and time again forgiveness. When he knew he was going to be betrayed by a disciple and he had that forgiveness, you saw how he reacted. Over and over and over, you see the way he demonstrated and he taught what we are to still carry on earth in his image. And I want to look at... There's so many examples from the Bible where he teaches us how to operate on earth. But I want to look more so at at more what we would consider in this day and age more of a radical example. It's in John 8 and 7. And it's a familiar one. Um, In John 8 and 7, um, this was the time when some gentlemen brought a lady to Jesus and um, she had been caught in the act of adultery. And back then, the punishment, the crime was to be stoned. And so here's a circumstance where we can learn. It says, so when they continued asking him, asking Jesus, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And I want to kind of explain a little bit here about where this example came from. Um, You know, here, Jesus could have overreacted. He could have said, okay, go ahead and stone her. But he's showing his mercy and his grace, which is what he expects us and what he guides us and helps us. We couldn't do it alone without him. Guides us to do. And I chose this just because it was kind of a a radical example because, you know, there's so many other examples in the Bible, but if we apply it to this year, 2022, just kind of example, because you might be like, well, I don't know any adulterers. Well, great. Um, I don't either. I don't either. So, woo. I know sometimes they say, well, pastors preach what they're going through. No, no, no. I just thought of this example because it was really radical. When you think about our time and age, maybe at the workplace, and maybe I'm going to use made up names, maybe you see, and everyone knows in the workplace, that Betsy's over there flirting with Johnny, and they're both married, but not married to each other. And so maybe, you know, there are 13 
cubicles down in the workplace and maybe you're over there with your friends saying, look at her, she knows better. Oh, don't even look her way. Or giving her mean glares and stares and saying, she asked to go to lunch with us, but oh, she's not going to lunch with us. Uh-uh, we can't be seen with her. And once again, I'm using this example because it's up there, but there's plenty of smaller instances where we see things and the Holy Spirit has to operate. And instead of shunning this person, we too can ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit, for grace and mercy. And maybe, you know, it means inviting her to lunch, staying away from the gossipers, staying away from the drama and, and praying about it. And God will show you how to operate and how to act in that example. Um, and, you know, letting that person see the glory in you, letting that person see in the mercy in you, you know, you don't, and you wouldn't say, well, you know you sin and you're going to hell. No, because remember, we're not separated. We no longer have to wear the veil. It's her sin, that person's sin, the God in you, that goodness in you, and it's just going to exude the great, you're going to radiate that greatness. And, and that person probably will ask, you know, what is that? What do you have? And you, you would tell them that, that it's Jesus and Jesus alone. And I think about this here because no matter the circumstance, Jesus is there and he helps you operate no matter what battle, what trial, he helps us operate. Because you know, in the Bible, and I, I, all of the Bible, but I think more of the New Testament as well, it's the greatest love story ever told. And the best thing is, we get to live out that love story with goodness and grace and mercy and compassion. I think about this spiritual progression because we know we're no longer separated from God's glory. And I think about this spiritual progression and we know number one, you know, you come to the Father and you ask him to come in your life. You ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and your sins um, and he lives inside of you. And not only that, of asking of Jesus Christ, you're no longer, like I said, looking at the glory of God, but you're beholding that goodness. And when someone sees you coming, they, they're going to say, I know that's a child of God. That has to be a child of God. And not only that, operating more and more with the Holy Spirit, you know, comes with prayer, worship, studying the Word. I talk to Jesus all the time, and, and I know I'm continuing to be moved by the Spirit. But it also involves you know, the Holy Spirit also involves more and more us relinquishing some control. If you're someone like I used to be, very much needed to be in control. And I'm now going to tell you a simple, very trivial example. Um, when my husband and I first got married, I had to be in control. Like, the laundry had to have the creases all facing the same way and I needed the whites and the blues and the gray towels and then the whites and the blue and the gray washcloths and they needed to be put just so. 
and things had to be in place. You would have thought my cleaning products under my sink were the supermarket because you had to have every bottle lined up. And I remember one day I came in the door and I said, at our front four of your table. And I'm like, who's been at this table? Somebody's been at this front four of your table. My husband's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This candle used to sit at 45 degrees and now it's moved over. And my husband's like, I sat my work bag down there for two seconds. Do you know all that control consumed my time? Do you know all that control of me, me alone, lining up every piece by piece by piece caused anxiety in me? Because if you touch it, oh, I was aroused and anxious. I had, while I went, and I had to speak to Jesus about this, and, and he, he did transform me. I'm going to tell you, he transformed me. And I had to go almost into a cave with Jesus because I saw where a lot of this, I'm going to call it perfectionism, came from, but it was what I had to control and do. Um, and let me tell you, the Lord took every bit of that anxiety, that control from me. And my husband will tell you, <laughs> laundry, laundry. You know what it looks like now? I open the dryer if it makes it out of the dryer or the floor in front of the dryer. I grab those washcloths and tiles. I go to my bathroom with the heap. I open the cabinet and I shove it in because three days later it's going to be in the dirty clothes. I know that seems like that's so trivial. I know, but you don't understand. I'm no longer carrying that anxiety that I had since I was a little girl. Like, I had to be perfect from a little girl. And when you carry that over and over and over and you're thinking good is never good enough, only Jesus could take that away from me and give me such freedom and allow me to operate in the Holy Spirit where I'm no longer carrying those things. I'm carrying goodness and I'm, I'm carrying His glory. You know... Only by praying to the Father do we continue to get more and more and more guidance. And that's all it takes. We make this walk, this journey with God. Like, remember I said, question God. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Sometimes harder than what Jesus really wants it to be for us. It's, he said, ask and you shall receive. And that's really what it takes. Asking the Father and Him guiding us in circumstances and situations. Um... I, I want to tell you, um, there was this man I knew in the hospital, and everyone spoke of how good he was, what he did. Even on the workplace, he was a leader at his workplace, and even when there were like really bad situations and circumstances, and things are falling apart at work, and the company's probably losing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars while a machine is down and this guy as a leader had to handle and give advice. He always gave the advice with a smile on his face, never anxious, never, never worrying. And this man in the hospital, the doctors, you know, just telling you a little bit about his life, the doctors were giving him bad reports time and time again, and he still had just this smile on his face, just this happiness. He knew he was in a good place. And 
time and time and again, this man, you know, and the doctor's still giving a bad report, knew that he had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He even you know, spoke to me about how, you know, he had ethics and morals because of Jesus. He knew that. He reverenced the Lord in that. Um, but he, he, he said to me one day while in the hospital, he said, I want what you and your sister have. I want the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, that's an awesome thing to want. I said, and you've accepted Jesus Christ, so you're no longer separated. I said, but you've told me time and time accounts where you're talking to Jesus and Jesus guided you. You're talking to Jesus and Jesus showed you. For instance, he told me an example of where he himself, this guy in the um, hospital, when he was young in his marriage and things weren't going well and he held hands with his wife just at his home. And he was praying and he asked Jesus, you know, the evil spirits to flee from his home. And immediately the door opened and slammed. He and his wife that were in the living room heard the door open and slam. Also, he told me more accounts of talking to Jesus and Jesus showing up. Just an account probably that took place three weeks prior to this, still in the hospital where he was talking to Jesus. And Jesus showed up in the hospital room. And I said to this man, who the doctors pretty much told him there wasn't going to be much more days to live, I said, don't you think, don't you doubt for one second that you've been operating in the Holy Spirit this whole time. You reverence the Lord. That is the Holy Spirit. What we sometimes, if we're not told, we'll go, oh, that was just my conscience telling me wrong for right. And yeah, I love Jesus, but that's my conscience. Well, who do you think created that conscience? Who do you think created you? God created you. God gave you that conscious. Jesus guides you by the Holy Spirit. So I was thankful that I was able to tell this man in the hospital that that wasn't you alone. You, you're, you're a born, bought child of God and, and you accepted Jesus. That was Jesus doing all these good things in your life. And that was the Holy Spirit. And, and I went on to talk to him and um, I said, well, maybe you, maybe, you know, I want you to understand you were operating with the Holy Spirit then. You, you didn't have all those fruits of the Spirit without Jesus. And I said, maybe you were just referring to speaking in tongue. And we went on to talk about that. But what I want to say is I, I was dumbfounded for a moment. Like how many of us are walking with the Holy Spirit, but don't reverence it? Don't realize it. You know, you have to acknowledge it and you have to thank Jesus for giving you that Holy Spirit because we're not doing this alone. Don't think we're doing this alone. It's by the Holy Spirit because we're being also transformed in his image. You don't have that positive image as a, as a child of God without the Holy Spirit. So I was thankful that I was able to share with that man that he, he I, I did not doubt that he carried the Holy Spirit. He was the beholder of God's glory. I did not doubt that. And I'm going to ask Brooke to go ahead and come up. But 
I want to go on and share with you a little bit more. There's, there were so many testimonies and things I could share about operating in the Holy Spirit. But I just want to tell you, that same person, myself, that had been wrapped up in all that anxiety at one point and was falling to pieces at one point, but Jesus continued to transform me and give me spiritual growth. Um, Ten days after talking to that man in the hospital about the Holy Spirit, um, we found where he was taking his last breaths. And the, we, as the family, were able to stand there and watch him take his last breaths. And I, I know he loved his family and I know he was trying to hold on just for us. But we, as the family, were able to tell him, you go on now. We release you to Jesus. Don't you stay here. We release you to Jesus. And I was able, and I didn't cry then. I was able to peacefully, I was at peace telling him to go on to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you from a girl that used to be really anxious, I can tell you that that peace only came from the Holy Spirit from Jesus. That no peace like that can come from myself. And I'm not boasting about myself. I'm boasting about Jesus. Because Paul continued on and said that, and I'm paraphrasing, through our weakness, Jesus' power and glory shows up the mightiest. And so tonight, as I'm closing, I just pray. Can we just bow our heads and we pray? I just pray tonight, Father, that first and foremost, if there's anyone that hasn't felt your goodness, hasn't accepted you as Jesus Christ, the veil hasn't been torn so they could see your glory, I just pray, Father, that they come tonight to this altar and all it takes is kneeling down and asking you, Father, for your forgiveness, Father, and asking you to come into your into their lives. And secondly, Father, I just pray that, Father, if there's anyone that wants to know your spirit and know without a doubt that they're walking in the Holy Spirit, not only seeing the glory of your God, but beholding the glory of your God glory of you, Father. I pray that they come, arms wide open. And lastly, Father, I pray, Father, for those that continue to want spiritual guidance, those that continue to want to hear your voice, Father, those that continue to want to be moved by the Holy Spirit and operate in your name and be transformed, Father, in your image, Father. I pray, and all that takes is arms wide open, surrendering it all to Jesus. Jesus takes away anxiety. Jesus takes away depression. Jesus takes away, takes away sadness and fear. And if he, he fills us with the Holy Spirit, the goodness so that we can go on and be a light in the world. I just pray, Father, right now, that these altars are open and you, anyone can come that would like to come.